Hello, it is overreaction. Monday, October 5th, 2020. Darius Butler joins us. Dan Orlovsky joins us. AJ Hawk joins us. And we overreact to everything that we seen yesterday in the NFL and predict everything that's going to happen this evening in our back-to-back Monday night football. Week four is finally done evening. We can't thank you enough for joining us. If you like this show by the time it's over, go ahead and tell your friends about it. If you don't like the show, just act like it never, ever happened. Let's get to this overreaction, shall we? Because that is what a good show does. We see what happens yesterday, then we immediately predict what's going to happen for the rest of the season because of one game, one moment, one fuck up. Like, for instance, are the Cowboys dead? Mm. Are the Browns great? That's what Overreaction Monday is all about, and that's what the show is all about. Let's get to it. What do we know here as week four of the NFL season is just two games away from being finished? Yes, tonight there will be two Monday Night Football games. One on ESPN, one on CBS. And the Patriots, minus one starting quarterback, are currently en route to play the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions in the same day that they travel to their hometown of Kansas City. This will be intriguing to watch. Obviously, Cam Newton came up with a positive uh, COVID-19 test. Then they reran it. Then they postponed a game just one day. And now they are flying to Kansas City with Brian Hoyer as their starting quarterback. And Sony Michelle, their number one running back, out also. So same day travel. Your quarterback who's been playing better than he's ever played before is out. Your number one running back is out, but you have elevated somebody off the practice squad and you still got Rex Burkhead, so that's going to make you feel good. But all obstacles have been placed right into Bill Belichick's path. What will he be able to do? Will he be able to keep it within 10 and a half points tonight? A lot of people are saying no way in hell, but we have to remember that this is Bill Belichick that we're speaking of. And in the other game, the Packers and Falcons will battle. Aaron Rodgers is playing football better than every human on earth right now. Every single stat that you want to look up is saying that, and they are favored by seven. But this Falcons team is sitting in a position that a few other teams are currently sitting in in this 2020 coronavirus NFL season. The Falcons, if they lose tonight to the Packers on national television, if Dan Quinn's squad somehow even gets the lead and loses it again like they have in basically every single game this year, Dan Quinn and the Falcons will probably be pronounced dead which by the way they are not alone in that fashion that bird the falcon in atlanta is not alone in that fashion in the nfl season you look at the lions you can say that they are dead and maddie patricia hey came in after the game now a couple weeks ago matt patricia was questioned about a fourth quarter decision or the fourth quarter play because they are a team that has been up a lot and then lose by a little bit On such a regular basis, they're breaking NFL records. They're the only team, I think, to ever in the history of the league, which is 101 years of age, by the way, to have double-digit leads, 10 points, and six consecutive games. (laughs) It's the the longest streak in the history of the NFL, which, by the way, just think about their fans. Think about their fans. You know whenever your team has a lead, 
and then they give it up and lose that feeling of just oh. like we should have fucking won that one we like, had a, that was a game we should have won you look back and you think you this team should have won hell there was games where i was punting where we would have the lead in the game and then all of a sudden we'd lose and then we'd just be sitting on the sideline me and vinitary like how the fuck did we get you like i thought we were in the lead at one point <laughs> what happened here the lions fans have had to sit through that Double-digit leads for six straight games, and they lose. And then Matt Patricia, a couple weeks ago, had, was come out, and he was questioned. And he just dropped a little, hey, hey, let's not forget who I am here now. He dropped a little, I think I have maybe the most, I don't know, impactful play call in the history of fourth quarters in football. Uh, so why don't you go ask somebody else that question? Why don't you go figure out why we aren't executing in uh, fourth down or fourth quarters other than me? Then yesterday, after losing a game against the Saints, which they had a 14-zip lead oh. to start the damn thing, they looked like a great football team. He comes out and says, listen, whenever I got here, there was a lot of work to do. And Dan Orlovsky this morning, one on to uh, Keyshawn, Jay, and Zubin. KJZ. And he said, which, by the way, big fan of the show. Uh, yeah. Actually yeah. listen on the way in. Mm -hmm. Like what they do, whatever, okay. Mm -hmm. um, he came out and said, like, that's not true at all. We were 9-7. and seven. Yeah, we were 9-7, and seven, which I guess isn't 10 or 6, just strictly because that's two different numbers than the numbers that they actually were. They were a winning organization. He's only won nine games since getting there. In a couple years before that, they were like 12-4 and four or something. or, or it's five. Up, What's that? 11-5. and 11-5. and five. So, like, the Jim Caldwell era had a lot of success. And Dan Orlovsky talked about the culture inside the building because he was there. It was like a winning culture. So whenever Matt Patricia says, hey, we had a lot of work to do, Dan Orlovsky took that as a shot at Jim Caldwell and didn't appreciate that. I was a guy who played for Jim Caldwell. I don't think Jim Caldwell gets anywhere near enough credit for what he has done everywhere he's coached, basically, with the Colts, uh, behind Dungy as a Colts head coach for the first time, taking us basically 14-0. We didn't lose till we chose to lose, which I don't think was his decision either. I think that was a much higher up decision. Then it goes to the Super Bowl. Next year, we go into the playoffs again. We lose a close one. Then Peyton Manning's neck stops working, can't feel his hands. We go 2-14. and 14. Jim Caldwell is fired. See yeah. you later. Oof. So it's very interesting. He goes to Baltimore, leads Joe Flacco, I think, to a Super Bowl, his best year he's ever had in his life, becomes a head coach at Detroit, doesn't show enough emotion, right? Doesn't show enough emotion on the sideline. He looks like he's bored on the sideline. He's not yelling. He's not mad. He's not anything like that. Well, maybe that's because he's like, hey, this is fucking business here. <laughs> yeah. And Jim Caldwell would never say the F word because he's a super nice guy. But after yeah. games, he would clap. He would smile. But it was like, hey, that's just what we got to do. Then the next day, and if we lost, hey, it's all right. We just got to get back to work. I always loved Jim Caldwell. Then when he became a head coach at Detroit, there was always that shot at him. Like, well, hey, but at least you know what you're getting every day with him. He's just a consistent guy, which is all anybody wants. Then they get rid of him. Matt Patricia comes in. Okay, Jim Caldwell, yeah, well, Detroit Lions, we're better than a 9-7 and seven organization. Uh, what you did, Jim Caldwell, <laughs> just wasn't good enough. We'll get you out of here. Matt Patricia comes in, and I think what he was referring to with a lot of work to do, I think he meant getting his culture put into the building, right? Because if you remember when Matt Patricia first got there, he had lost the locker room. Veterans were being shipped elsewhere. It was a big ordeal. And I think that's what he meant by work to do. But people that are taking it as a shot at Jim Caldwell also make sense because he's saying that the building was shit before he got there. So, I mean, you can see it both ways. I think I know what Matt Patricia meant as he wanted to instill his culture into the building. It took a little bit. Had to get rid of some veteran players, get rid of some money. They traded away uh, a top five corner in the game this past offseason. <laughs> 
yeah. a bag of balls. Uh, but who knows if his culture will ever be able to do what Jim Caldwell's culture was able to do when it was there. So that's a very interesting situation. And all I know is the Lions are dead. Oh. Also, Texans oh. dead. Oh. Jets dead. Oh. And if it wasn't for the NFC East being <laughs> so incredibly terrible, oh. right? Which is what oh, it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles are right in the middle of this thing. People are asking for Carson Wentz to retire mm-hmm. just a week ago. The, the Philadelphia Eagles still could potentially win the NFC East with ease at this point. And they have a tie on their record, which, by the way, might end up being the best move at the end of the game because the NFC East is so bad. We should be able to say right now, Cowboys dead, but we can't nope. because the NFC East, we have no. We should be able to say Giants dead, dead, but we can't because they could come back and win it. And we should be able to say Washington football team dead, oh. but they could still come back and get into the playoffs. So nobody can die in the NFC East because it's a who sucks the less bowl happening over there. Yep. And anybody <laughs> can win it on any given day. The Dallas Cowboys yesterday with the Cleveland Browns. This is the big takeaway. Everybody talking about this morning, probably because massive names are involved. You got obviously Mike McCarthy, Jerry Jones, Dak Prescott, Zeke, and the entire Dallas Cowboys fandom on one side. Okay, just an eternally uh, hype machine team that, for some reason, for the last few decades, just hasn't been able to live up to the hype. Just hasn't been able. Uh, great names, great talent. Great ability. It doesn't matter who's coaching, whether it's the Clapper or if it's old Big Mike. It just seems like it's the same thing down there. It's almost like, are they cursed? Uh, Like, I'm wondering if if they have a curse on them because they have all the great players, all of them. Everybody talks about how this roster is better than the year before. They're going to dominate. And then they just come out and shit the bed all the time. They should have lost that game against the Falcons. They should be completely defeated. Mm -hmm. I mean, it should be a real conversation. But there has to be something that kicks in down there. Just has to be. It makes no sense why they're like that. But everybody's talking about how the Cowboys Cowboys are so bad because they're Cowboys and you have to talk about the Cowboys. I think the Cleveland Browns should be pumped about the game that was played yesterday. Now, granted, their defense gave up a lot of points very quickly that made that thing seem like a game at the end until Odell Beckham takes that end around and goes. But Baker Mayfield, that offense, Jarvis Landry threw one of the best passes I've seen all year, I think. Mm. Crow hopped that some bitch while Baker Mayfield was playing left tackle in front of him blocking a defensive lineman. And Odell Beckham caught his first of three touchdowns at that particular point. It just felt like the Browns were a team that, just like the Cowboys, get hyped up, get hyped up, get hyped up, and don't live up to expectation. Well, they're three and one right now. And yesterday was by far their best game, aside from the fourth quarter where the defense. Jesus, that's on me. <laughs> aside from the fourth quarter where the defense gave up like 24 points in like nine minutes or something like yep. that, aside from that time there, the Browns played a hell of a game yesterday. And I think if I'm a Browns fan, if I'm going to see more of that, let's fucking go. And Kevin Stefanski, the super nerd, who I mm-hmm. think has a great personality because I listened to him on Mic'd Up and he's uh, from wherever, Harvard or Yale or something like that. I think that team is buying in. They got a great run game. Uh, Chubb got hurt yesterday, but Kareem Hunt took over. They got a great offensive line. They got a tight end, and Austin Hooper almost died yesterday. He, he mm-hmm. took a big shot. He just keeps him moving. And they got two weapons in Baker. If he can buy into that role of being a handoff guy and then utilizing the play action and maybe a little bit of trickery, I mean, they could really go in that AFC North that's going to be difficult because the Ravens bounce back. Ooh. The Pittsburgh Steelers are obviously going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers, but they have a week four bye now because the Tennessee Titans got COVID. Will they 
be able to last 14 more weeks after this and mm-hmm. making a run at the AFC North. And the Bengals, I mean, we should say they're dead because they are for this season, but they got to be pumped with what they got in Joe Burrow. Week four has taught us a lot. We got two more games tonight we will definitely talk about today. More overreaction throughout today. Darius Butler joins us in about 12 minutes. Yeah. Dan Orlovsky will join us at 105 Eastern Daylight Time. Can't wait to talk to him about that Detroit Lions culture. Mm, and also, ooh. Carson Wentz looked good for a couple moments. Carson Wentz looked like this year's Carson Wentz for a lot of moments last night. Which Carson are we going to get, Dan? We'll ask him. And A.J. Hawk joins us, and all the boys are here. At Tone Diggs, you loved week four, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, I don't do this very often, but but shout out the Browns and shout out Stefanski. They found, he found a way that if your quarterback who is not the best, throws whoa, for 150 yards whoa, a game, you whoa. can still win games. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that was quite a shot at Baker. No, no, no. I said, I, I, said, no, I said I'm going to compliment the Browns here. Yeah, no, yeah but then you took a shot at their starting quarterback. But it is interesting yeah. because Lamar Jackson, I think he had 17 passes in the first half yesterday against the Washington football team. So if you do the math, that's like 34 in the entire game, which I still think if we look at the numbers from last year, whenever how successful they were, if he was under 30 pass attempts or whatever, it was great for them because that means they were running the rock really well. I think that is what you're not taking into account here. Jimmy G passed the ball, what, six times in a playoff game last year? And Jimmy G, I think we're seeing right now, is a pretty big part of that 49ers team winning. I think if you watched last night, Nick Mullins had a rough one. I mean, he was missing a lot of people. Jimmy G allegedly potentially coming back next weekend. They need him to because they're on a little bit of a slide here. George Kittle is still very dominant. Um, But back to your point, which was that Baker Mayfield is a trash quarterback, is no, what no, you no. said? No, I said they're, they're doing a great job of uh, taking the ball out of his hands to win football games. I don't think that's true. I think he threw some great balls yesterday. And the Cleveland Browns have found that if they're a running team first, which, by the way, is not bad. That is not a shot at the quarterback. That's actually helping the quarterback. The Green Bay Packers tonight, you're going to see a lot of play action mm-hmm. because they got a great running game in Aaron Jones. Play action is the greatest thing for a quarterback. And if Baker Mayfield can utilize that to success, let's go Brownies. Well, let's and, go Brownies. And, and shout out uh, – the GM of the Browns, who I can't remember the name, his name off the top of my head, but your guy from the Colts, Andrew Barry, Andrew Barry for improving the O line, and also now that that Chubb is being placed on the IR, you got a, a very, very, very good backup in Kareem Hunt, so they don't drop off at all really in their game plan for the next. Uh, we have a little bit of up, uh, an update here. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski says running back Nick Chubb has an MCL injury and will be placed on IR. He will be back this season. Ooh, wow. So I'm not sure, obviously, the degree to that injury, but you, since you have Kareem Hunt that you paid, right? They only paid him, I think they paid him, though, $9 million or something, $9.5 yeah. million. Dollars. He, just a few years ago, was the guy in Kansas mm-hmm. City. Now, obviously, tonight we will see another guy in Kansas City named Clyde Edwards Anyways, they're going to run the ball a lot, but Kareem Hunt is a great option to have back there at running back. Joe Mixon had another big day. Ohio running backs are, are doing rather well. Also, Colts running backs. We got some players in the backfield. Ooh. Everybody's attacking right now. Phillip Rivers and the play calls and, and how much we run and how much we pass. Frank Reich is going to feed our backs in Indianapolis. And it, I mean, there wasn't really a single moment where it felt like the Bears were in that game. You know what Ooh, I mean? No. Like, not even a single no, moment. I mean, the defense no. was. At Viva Lazito here. That was a rough game. You owe me 20. The, um, 25, actually. But. Well, I think it was just 20. <laughs> but if you want to put tax on it, sure. <laughs> do what you got to do. Uh, 
at Viva Lazito here, obviously our Chicago native man who runs greatest polls on the internet. His right now is it's a good poll. Who's the hottest seat in football right now oh. from a coaching standpoint? But before we get to your big ass polls, Vito, oh, yeah. let's talk about your Poor Chicago time. Bears. There's nobody happier to watch that game go the way it went yesterday than Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's still undefeated. He had to be. He's he <laughs> he's, is an undefeated quarterback. He's an undefeated oh, quarterback. it was calling it. Rich Gannon was calling it. Interesting style of commentating by him. But the um, they pulled back a stat. I guess an undefeated quarterback hasn't been replaced for a reason other than an injury since 1966 no <laughs> 1965 yeah. or something like that and they won the super bowl uh, no i no. <laughs> they lost the next game actually that guy got benched oh okay. then the original oh, starter came back in interesting it was a guy named hadel h-a-d-l lost his oh, job Bill Hadel Schmitch. in 19 no 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 you, listen he, this was 1965 <laughs> wow. bill hadel they it was unbelievable they had footage of it i think but they ran it really footage yeah, i think so yeah it's very interesting though that mitchell trubisky still an undefeated quarterback yeah and if you're matt nagy the right decision if you're gonna go with nick Foles is you have to give him at least a couple weeks because he didn't have time to build up with anybody. He was missing passes, though. He yeah. was missing balls. And I'm sure Mitchell Trubisky was watching that just going, oh, oh, it's not that easy. I'm How much can you blame preseason and no OTAs for, like, reps? For a new quarterback in yeah. a new place? I think if you're a backup quarterback and you don't get the number one reps, I think you can blame a lot on that. Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time. You look at him week one versus yesterday, uh, and he's been with the ones now the entire time, and Chris Godwin was out, and Mike Evans was hurt a little bit. But him getting timing in the offense and everything like that, it's paramount. And that's why we thought the Buccaneers would take a couple weeks to kind of get going. Uh, and it feels like they're at that point, by the way. Chargers, they have something in Air Bear. Oh, yeah. oh. Air Bear is a guy. He There was plenty of moments yesterday where he could have just, uh, like, kind of went down maybe threw a pick and everybody been like yeah rookie quarterback down against tampa or tampa's making a comeback making a big push here do his thing he answered every single time and it wasn't just like hey we're just gonna uh flick it here we're gonna do that it was strikes he was throwing absolute strikes and i think if you watched um hard knocks the first episode or second episode pep hamilton friend of the show former offense coordinator for the indianapolis colts former head coach and general manager for the dc Defenders. Yeah, that's correct. In Vince McMahon's XFL, which is now Dwayne Johnson's XFL. Mm-hmm. But anyway, and he was formerly at Michigan and Stanford. Uh, so good, co- good coach. But he was challenging Air Bear basically after practice in this target drill. And he had seeds i mean he was dropping his ball in these little tiny targets and you see quarterbacks throw into like those those bins or anything like that he was throwing into these little metal targets that seemed to be about a ball and a half wide just very tight and he was hitting them just plugging them and i had no idea that air bear was that good to be honest with you because we didn't watch a lot of their football game oregon football games didn't know much about him whenever he was drafted talked to tom telesco he said hey if it was two or or air bear we were cool with whoever uh ended up with us because we knew potentially one was going to get drafted ahead of us and it was just very, very interesting watching him yesterday. He was throwing the ball to, to spots mm-hmm. where only his guy, Keenan Allen made a toe touch Ooh. or toe tap grab on the sideline. And that catch was insane by Keenan Allen. That absolutely insane. But the ball in where Air Bear threw it for a rookie quarterback. This is not what you do in college, by the way. You don't throw to a spot. Like, you don't do that. Well, I guess you do, but not to this precision on the sideline with two grown men covering. He threw it to a spot where literally only Keenan Allen could catch the ball, and it was on a rope, and it was in a pivotal part of the game. If you're a Chargers fan, now I don't know how many there are. <laughs> if you're a Chargers fan with Air Bear at the future, you got to be like, fucking right, we got a dude. But now... 
Tyrod Taylor, who got his lung punctured by a Chargers doctor. Anthony Lynn has been very vocal saying, hey, when he comes back to healthy, he's the starter, right? It's not his fault he lost the job. This feels like this is going to get uh, interesting. I would assume Tyrod Taylor, who has been a great teammate for a long, long time, is happy for Air Bear and how he's playing. But this is going to become a situation. And if it was, this is kind of where it's good to be the Chargers, where you're not talked about a lot. Because if this situation was in a larger market team, this would be the conversation for maybe the next couple weeks maybe not conversation a but definitely conversation b or c it's like hey this guy literally only lost his starting job moments before he was supposed to start against the super bowl champions who didn't have their best game and uh a doctor grabbed a uh a fork and just jabbed it <laughs> jabbed it in the block with it and then now this whole thing's happening i don't know ty schmidt owner of the packers how do you feel about tonight's game against the falcons Ty? uh well i'm not I'm a little worried, to be honest with oh, you. How I mean, come? Well, I mean, they're banged up big time. And like you said, I mean, the, the the world is falling down on Atlanta right now. So I feel like they almost have like, I mean, they have nothing to lose. They go out there. They got Julio Jones back tonight. They got Calvin Ridley back tonight. I'm worried that the Falcons could potentially put a 50-burger on the Packers. De- De- Devontae Adams out. Mm-hmm. But okay. Devontae Adams had a tweet earlier today that said, I guess other people know my body better than me. I think I'm ready to come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he deleted since since deleted said tweet. Uh, but he said he was ready to go. They, they rule him out. Huh. He's out. Lazard's out. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones. How you doing? Keep it moving, boys. Going to need you to have a big night. Uh, to tell us who he thinks is going to have a big night tonight, whether it's Patty Mahomes against that New England Patriot defense or Whoa. is it Brian Hoyer, yeah. the destroyer, going to have a big night against the Chiefs defense or will it be Matty Ryan or Aaron Rodgers, a man who's undefeated in quarterback over under for pass yards bets this year. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now, the host of the Man to Man podcast, Darius Butler. Yeah! What's up, fellas? What's up? Uh, D-Butt, how you doing? Keep it moving. What do you think about tonight's matchups? Uh, How do you feel about... Ty just went on an entire rant about how he feels like Matt Ryan with Julio Jones being back and also... Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley being back, that he could potentially put up a 50-burger against his Packers defense. Do you see it that way? And what are your eyes on tonight for us, for the gamblers, the passing yards over and the unders? Well, you know, that's a high over. 310. You got to hit 310. But uh, I'm with Ty. I'm with him, man. I think he hammers the over tonight um, against that Packers secondary, man. Getting Julio back, having Ridley out there. I do think the Packers still win the game, but I think, uh, you know, they'll have the lead and uh, the, the Falcons will be trailing, so uh, Matt Ryan will be letting it fly. So I definitely think he throws over 310 tonight. Matty Ice. Wow. So you think. I don't think we can call him that anymore, actually. <laughs> it's kind of older. Can't call him that shit. Nah. Yeah, he's kind of older now. I don't know. Yeah, that shit, that shit done melted a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> got hot out there, didn't it? It got hot. It got hot on old Matty Ice a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, so you think this is, if you think he's going to throw for over 310 yards, 309 and a half yards, Matt Ryan, and you said that the Packers are going to win, that must mean that you think that this is going to be a high-scoring affair down here. Why is that? I mean, you got two two quarterbacks that's been around, and it's, it's, it's prime time, man. They show up a prime time game, Monday night games. Uh, the coordinators, they're going to put the ball the ball in their best players' hands, and I, I think that's the quarterback. And uh, for the Falcons, that's definitely Julio. Um, obviously, they're missing him last week, so they have him back out there. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Aaron Jones getting a lot of touches. They're down uh, Lazard. I think Lazard will be out tonight. Uh, obviously, Devontae Adams with the sub the sub tweets that he's putting out. 
Um, you know, hey, who told him to erase? Like the trainers and the doctors yeah. are kind of holding them out or holding them back. Let him go out there, man. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> D Bud, who do you think yeah. told it? Who do you think told him to delete that tweet? Do you think it was? Uh, Did he delete it already? Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> His tweet read: "Sorry, fans and friends, I won't be on the field tonight. I've done everything I need to do and proved I'm ready, but I guess I don't know my body as well as others. Good luck out there, my boys. Yikes. Okay, so obviously he's not playing this evening via that yep. tweet, and I think he's already been ruled out. I'm not 100 percent sure, mm-hmm. but I think this was him saying, "I do believe I could play. This is not my." My decision this is somebody else's but who do you think told him to delete that tweet stat because it has since been taken out do you think you, it was him you know what you would you would have a lot more experience in that department <laughs> you know, knowing exactly where those demands come from oh, but uh probably, probably a pr person or a coach or something but um i think it's a situation that just them trying to protect him from himself uh obviously he's one of their key pieces so they want him down the stretch um they got a pretty good I think they think they have a pretty good handle on this division. I do think uh, so as well going forward. So uh, you want to you have him uh, as healthy as possible going forward in this season. So they're holding him out. Um, obviously, he wants to be out. They probably passed all the tests that they gave him. They'll probably just say, you know what, just hold back for one more week. So I think it's a smart decision on their end. Um, but uh, hopefully we see him back out there as soon as possible. You know, it's This is kind of like a uh, Bill Belichick mindset that these first few weeks, mm-hmm. who gives a damn, man? Like, listen, we don't need to be playing our best football right now. We have to be getting better, but we just need to learn about ourselves right now. Devonta, you're basically our only real threat if we were to go deep here. Let's get you back 100%. Okay, I, I guess I... Now that you say it in that particular fashion, I think it is a good idea. Although I was thinking about Aaron Rodgers as fucking nobody. <laughs> yeah. He's got absolutely yeah. nobody. It's like, what do you want? This guy has to make superstars out of people every single game, it feels like. But that's what every Aaron, year. Hey, that's what Aaron Rodgers does, though. That's, yeah, and, that's what he does. And going back to what you said about Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan, primetime players show up in big games. I'll never forget. I don't know if Freeney said it to me or to somebody, but he was in my area. And he was basically, hey, when the lights come on, the stars come out, bud. And I was like, damn, that is one of the coolest things i've ever heard in my entire life and it's real all the big name players that you see it's because they have massive games on these primetime games if for some of these teams that aren't on national tv every single week now granted this isn't i'm not talking about this like aaron Rodgers isn't on national tv a lot but if you're mm-hmm. a young up-and-coming guy like those primetime games that's how you become a name in the league because that's when every motherfucker's watching now granted tonight Two different Monday Night Football games happening basically simultaneously for at least an hour and a half. You got the Chiefs and Patriots. You got the Patriots traveling right now to Kansas City, D. But how much do you think wow. that affects the team to be able to, to have to play on the same night that you travel? A, a lot, a lot. You know, we're, we're creatures of habit, so um, you know, we're, we're used to you know taking trips and being in our place and having the hotels and going through a routine. And now, obviously, it's, it's a ton of things that are different this year, but this is. This is crazy. Um, I, I personally, selfishly, didn't want to see this game played this week without Cam Newton because I thought it would have been a much, uh, it, it would be a much, much better game with having him out there. But obviously, you know, with him, only him coming back with the test, I don't know how Bill didn't send up some more fake positives up there. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. But only him coming back uh, with the test, man. They, they, they decided to play it. But uh, I think it's a huge advantage for the Chiefs for a variety of different reasons. and uh, But but it sucks. getting getting That's like high school, man. Getting getting off the bus, carrying your pads, changing and getting hit in the field. So it would be crazy to see. Well, that's where a lot of fans last remembered playing football.
football, by the way, is high school, right? True. So that's why they some fans say things because it's like, I was a quarterback for my high school team. Blah, blah, blah. dare play. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. Put the pads on. Exactly. And what, what is the answer exactly to those, aside from being adults now and not just being like 17 years old, which I don't know if you adults who don't play professional sports for a living, just do anything throughout your day. You know your body is not the same as it is whenever it's 17, let alone uh, if you add another what? 6,000 hits to your body mm-hmm. since you were 17 years of age, too, whenever you get to the NFL. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons just from a human standpoint, but also from a mental standpoint, yeah. from a everything like that, the pregame. A lot of you people get worked on for like hour, hour and a half before games to even just get out days. there. Days. Days. People, people get working on days. So, um, uh, you know, when I got around some real vets around the league and uh, it, 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 like their process – to start getting ready for a game would start on Friday a lot of the times. You know, you'll have doctors come in. Um, I had a teammate who every every Friday, you know, he had a few doctors to come in and do different things for his body. You know, Kyle, you actually you see Cam. Cam Cam does a great job of kind of documenting like game day and what's that what that is like for some players. So um, everybody goes through their different routines. So this just throws off everybody's routine. So um, it'll be another obstacle for them to overcome. But I'm sure the message that they get in that locker room is that, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, we're going to get out there. We're going to play football um, tonight. And they're going to play against a damn good football team. But um, it's a lot that goes into getting the human body ready week after week to play at, uh, a football game. d but you were with the Patriots, drafted the Patriots. Second round? Second round draft pick? Yep, second round, yep. Second round draft pick to the New England Patriots. You were up there. Do you think Bill Belichick would even mention, and this was just strictly because I – I feel like what I thought I knew of Bill Belichick, I'm learning very differently about Bill Belichick with the more mic'd up things that come out and the legendary stories that are being told about him. Do you think Bill Belichick would tell his team, like, uh, think about how fucking cool it would be if we beat the Super Bowl champs in their house, same day travel without our top running back and our top quarterback. Is he the type of guy that would mention that? Or is that not even something that he mentions? Not, I don't think you would mention that. It's, it's really about Damn. winning a football game. That'd be so cool. Awesome. <laughs> like that bill I want. Even put, yeah. If I'm the head coach, it's like, think about the fucking story they're going to say about this. Listen, we don't have our starting quarterback. He got COVID somehow all what? by himself. I don't know how that works. We don't have our the best running back that we have on our team. What? Yep, we, we had to travel. I mean, they had to shut down highways, obviously, which is a standard police escort. The yeah. fact that they're making a big deal out of that, like that's what a police escort is. Now, mm-hmm. some cities, police escorts are a waste of time because you're driving in traffic and they're like well we don't get special privileges in this city for uh police escorts because uh charlie sheen came and got a police escort and this <laughs> like that actually i was told that by one police because wow. i was like why are we why do we even have police escort if we're driving slower than the motherfuckers around us they're like well we can't actually use the police escort uh because charlie sheen came to town and they abused it and uh it got fought against and everything like that but anyways traveling on the same day no starting quarterback no starting running back i mean that is odd stacked against you and it feels like this is potentially when bill belichick thrives and that's going to be exactly exactly because it's, just, it's still regardless of the the, the circumstances there's still a game we got to go out here and win you know nobody cares nobody cares about the circumstances nobody he, and he probably hey you know we're coming in this year you know we're going to be in some shit like this at some point so now we got everybody in this locker room um you know it's next man up and it's do your job and they really preach that and they really believe that so uh Hoyer's been around he'll get the nod tonight and, um, you know, I think I think he'll play D.C. Obviously won't be Cam Newton. And uh, it's gonna really going to come down to that defense. Mm-hmm. If they can take some opportunities to turn uh, Mahomes over, that's really the only chance they have tonight is uh, creating some turnovers. And, uh, 
it, it's tough against that offense, man. D, but put it politely, the uh, Cowboys defense has been <laughs> fucking terrible. Um, and a lot of the talk has been that this season they've been trying to do multiple looks and, and multiple schemes and, and things like that. But is that a detriment to them rather than just having a defense that they play all the time, that they actually know their responsibilities and the techniques and things like that? Yeah, I saw that comment. I think he came out and said, I'm not going to be a one-call defense. But uh, And nobody wants you to be a one-call defense, but at least the calls that you have, guys got to know how to line up who the hell regard what's what are the adjustments you know i'd much rather be a one or two call defense than to have you know 18 exotic calls on the play sheet but we can execute them you know guys running open um you know the the, the slant pass the odell down the tight red zone like that i think i was poor coaching on that uh on 28 not being coached up so um he's doing a poor job hey he's got to be inside, inside of him you got to be inside of that so you you know you're not in the day you haven't been in one defensive <laughs> role you know good well protect the damn slant first and foremost and once you get to the goal line you got to collision them you got to be physical there's no way you can catch a you know you can't be that wide open down there man but uh, they got to do a much better job and I think it's a lack of having having uh, veterans back there too you know you don't have veterans back there lining young guys up like Diggs guys are getting a lot of playing time and getting thrown in that fire and um, you got to have simple calls especially with a short and off season you got to have simple calls where everybody knows the adjustments everybody knows their assignment you actually got a chance to go out there and execute hey there is a veteran safety out there that is on um, the market uh, his name's Earl Thomas he mm-hmm. once worked out at the Houston Texans allegedly and the Houston Texans players told Billy O'Brien who is the general manager the head coach and the play caller huh. mm-hmm. so Bill O'Brien if anything's happening you, there's literally nowhere else to point a finger to which I kind of respect by the way that he's just like I'm going to do everything uh, so if we stink you guys know exactly who to blame it's like we know dude believe me we have found out but we appreciate that but it was alleged that the Houston Texans players came out and said we don't want Earl Thomas in here did you hear that have you talked to anybody in the Texans locker room about what that was about and if you were the Dallas Cowboys would you be like hey this guy seems to not be wanted anywhere but we need a motherfucking defense so we're going <laughs> to I mean, it's it's, it's kind of you got to find that balance. Is the guy um, is it, does his talent outweigh his issues? And um, you know how how the word goes around, um, kind of behind the scenes about certain players, certain coaches. And uh, once that word kind of gets out about you, if it's bad, especially if you're in the twilight of your career, um, you know, it, then people aren't going to want you in that locker room. So I think that's what what the situation is right now with Earl Thomas. Obviously, we all know he's talented. Um, is he the same? L.O.B. Earl Thomas? No, but he's talented. But uh, would he be able to keep his nose clean and get along with teammates? Um, I'm not sure that that'll be the case. But um, they got to do something. Dallas and in Houston. Like you said, uh, Billy O is they're doing bad and then as they're doing bad, he's taking on more responsibility. In my mind, that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> you need to. Uh, he's obviously not doing a good enough job of empowering the people around him uh, to make better decisions and make better moves and get their team in a better position. <laughs> to win but uh it, it, it's it's rough it's rough down there in texas right now uh darius last yesterday we saw a little beef between uh jalen ramsey and golden tate uh oh, during the game though like jalen ramsey actually lit golden tate up too if you're in the secondary and you have some beef with the wide receiver perhaps are you letting everybody know like hey that's my guy today i got him or was that just like a happenstance he uh happened to like destroy him basically oh no i'm sure it was some talk going into that game and um and guys are marked going into a game. It's not 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 in the sense of like, hey, we're going to do something dirty or hurt them. But 
you know coming in. I don't know their whole situation, but I know they have some off the field beef. Uh, Golden but, um, Tate's sister has two kids with Jalen. They broke up publicly last year. I guess that's the whole beef. That's yeah. the beef. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw him tweet something like, oh, he's going to have to see me at some point. Like I said, we're all aware of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on. You just said you don't know the beef. I'll say it for you. <laughs> yeah. You can finish it if you like to. All right. Okay. So, we hey. all now that we all know. Now that we yeah, know. But, but we know. We know. We yeah. know what's going. We know who the guys are and we're playing against. And we know. I know if my guy has some beef with that guy and I'm um, just going to get handled but I'm um, glad that he handled his own beef he handled his own light work and um, I hope he, he took care of business like he did on the field, off the field. I, I couldn't tell with that, uh, that ter- terrible camera work right there, man. We need World Star in there or something. Hey, <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody in there. We can't see him now, and normally you can see the cell phone of the human. That's the thing about the internet, which is awesome, is you can actually see from bad camera angles uh, actually who is shooting the camera angle that you eventually see on the mm-hmm. internet. It's like, oh, I need to thank that person. <laughs> hey, we need to find that person's camera. Right? That's all I watch whenever I see something that is like big like this i'm like i'm looking around and i'm like all right who has a fucking phone out that person okay we gotta find that person right there let's find you get on the internet uh la rams scout okay you find it that is really what it is but 65 for the new york giants okay this guy deserves a little bit of a conversation about him gates is his name we can see it on the back there he tried to get his head bashed in on numerous occasions yesterday he started a fight with aaron donald in the middle of the game shout out to both of them oh that's the same guy legitimate legitimately swinging at each other aaron donald and this guy somehow the refs are just like all right boys take it easy and then they line up against each other next thing so they get in a fight then at the end uh jalen and golden tate at the 50 are just brawling which is classic by the way especially in the middle of a worldwide pandemic go ahead and get in it but this guy dives into the huddle basically without a helmet on starts grabbing people starts throwing people around he starts getting into a skirmish i think with somebody who had a polo on at one point (laughs) i mean that guy i saw saw him pa toss the ball (laughs) yeah uh but slap slap a c on his chest man they need more guys like the damn giants they look terrible right now too hey they are bad they are bad bad at football but that nfc east if they win four games they could potentially win it what do you got ty d but as a d back if you're looking and you notice like guys like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley have been on the injury report all week or they didn't play last week and they, they're banged up. Does that affect how you're going to play them in the game or is it just business as usual? Uh, it's business as usual um, because, uh, you know, guys out there, everybody's playing through some shit out there, you know, regardless. So uh, we know if Julio's out there, I expect Julio to, Julio to be at 100% or he wouldn't be out here. Um, same thing with Ridley. And uh, once, once guys guys go through a lot of shit to get out there and play, so once you're out there to play, you only get 16. They all count. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expect this best. So uh, you definitely can't go out there and underestimate or think you're going to get a different type of Julio. But um, So you gotta take, you got to take him as serious as you would any other week. Hey, uh, Darius, do you have any other bets for tonight before we let you go? Uh, we got to hammer that, that Hoyer, that Brian Hoyer over as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they'll be down, uh, especially in that second half, and I think he'll definitely find a way to get over 227 um, if, he, if he stays in the whole time. Let's, let's hope he can keep, keep him upright. Okay, so Hoyer, 227.5, you're saying over. Matt Ryan, 309.5, I think. You're saying mm-hmm. over. Over, over. Okay. Wow. You're 4-0 right now, so I'll just take you for your word. I mean, when you guess who wins and loses, you've been trending to be right. I mean, the last time on this show you weren't, but Ooh. we'll figure yeah. that out. You know what I mean? I got the, I got the Broncos right. 
Yeah, yeah, but that other one. The, no, you, Ooh, no. The Jags. Yeah, the Jags. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, let's forget about that. Yeah, it happens. Let's <laughs> forget about that. By the way. I got the heat right last time. How about that? Hey, Ooh, did. Last night, Big Face Coffee, we in there, baby. Hey, Big Face Coffee, by the way, I can't wait to try it. And I, am, I have enjoyed Jimmy Buckets yeah. at this particular moment because him and LeBron, obviously, they get into a little bark, and then a Rondo comes in. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, that's not our talker. I am. You, yeah. fucking, you want to talk, you talk to me or whatever which love rondo knowing that hey this is not for uh the big guy to get involved with this is me and then jimmy butler after the game in the press conference i enjoyed he said um this is not me i'm not like talking trash here he told me after the first quarter that we were in trouble and i just wanted Mm -hmm. to let him know in the fourth quarter that he was in trouble. You guys now. <laughs> that is all I wanted to say. I like that out of Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler a lot. It feels like old Jimmy Buckets is going to be the face of the Heat for some time to come, huh? Yeah, you got to love it, man. As, as a Heat fan, um, he kind of reminds you of what, what Wade did back in 06 when he put the team on his back against the Mavs. And um, that's what you want to see because, like you see, LeBron is obviously an imposing figure, one of the greatest players of all time. Heat's a young team. So when you see the Heat's top dog going to their top dog, like, nah, y'all in trouble. Yeah, like that's your leader. So now Hero, he got to keep stepping up. Hey, Duncan Robinson got to keep stepping up. Hopefully we get Bam and Drogic back out there. Hey, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we back, we back, we back in, man. He's six. Oh, <laughs> I don't believe that, but I appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius, brother. Thank you, boy. Thank you, boy. Thank you uh, so sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that we have a new sponsor for this show. And I'll tell you what, I am probably paying for this sponsor to sponsor our show. Without a doubt. With how much I utilize this particular sponsor of the show, it's almost like I own a percentage of the company without actually owning a percentage of the company. Yeah, well said. The sponsor that we're about to announce here for this show is a company that completely revolutionized my life. Yeah. The days of only being able to eat things at your house with companies that would provide delivery drivers are long, long gone. The days of having to go to your favorite restaurant and pick something up if you didn't want to eat at the restaurant and drive it all the way home are long, long gone. The days of getting a five-star meal at your house delivered to you are now here. And they're here because of one company and one company alone. And that's DoorDash. I use DoorDash, and this is maybe a little bit obnoxious and egregious here, no less than 13 times a week. Yeah, I think that's about average. In the morning, I get a smoothie delivered to me from a uh, tropical smoothie cafe Mm -hmm. that has Aussie berries in it, which, by the way, super berries in them. I get that delivered to my house every single morning. At night when I'm at home, I get food delivered to my, whether it's a steak from Harry and Izzy's, which is in town here, mm-hmm. or St. Elmo's, if you're not from Indianapolis, it's a very popular place, or if it's a regular P.F. Chang's delivery, or Chinese food, or anything, McDonald's, I mean, literally anything can be eaten at the house. And now I know we're in a quarantine world where everybody's been forced to stay at their house. And I assume a lot of people, I'm a homebody at this point, have been long before quarantine, but I assume everybody that has been forced to stay home is realizing the perks of staying home. And one of the biggest perks of staying home is DoorDash delivering food to your house in an efficient fashion. Now, every once in a while, they're going to get the order wrong. Happens. Charge it to the game. That's right. Every once in a while, it's going to take a little bit longer than you thought it should because there's a human out there driving to a random restaurant that you've never met before, checking in with somebody who's never met that person before, grabbing a bag, coming back. It might be a little bit. But overall, 
I'd say 90 to 95% of the time, perfect delivery, perfectly timed, perfectly convenient. Shout out to DoorDash for that. Yeah, without a doubt. Knock on wood, but I'm, I mean, they've been on a heater lately. I don't think I've had an order messed up in months at this point. I think when DoorDash started, okay, they didn't realize how big it was going to get. I'm sure they had dreams of how big it was going to get, but it got big very, very quickly at the mm-hmm. beginning. So then it kind of, like every company that grows too fast, can't really contain it. But now, with this quarantine process, DoorDash has been asked to deliver and deliver and deliver to millions and millions of people around the country. And I am a proud supporter of DoorDash and very thankful for their brand new sponsorship of our show. They deliver everything, Chinese, pizza, froyo, smoothies, you name it. I've used it all, and I love them. And you can keep track of exactly where your delivery is, how long it's going to take to get there. You can even even have a good little exchange. Like, for instance, uh, now everybody just leaves the food on the doorstep. You just talk to the driver. The dasher is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, just leave it there. I love DoorDash. And right now, listeners of this show can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, at the DoorDash app. Whenever you download it, put that in there and you get $5 off plus zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more. That's $5 off, zero delivery fees, first order, whenever you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code McAfee. Don't forget, code McAfee, $5 off your first thing. This is, it's a lifesaver. It's a game changer. Shout out to DoorDash. Let's get back to the show. Uh, We have some personal breaking news here. Um, Our YouTube page, which we started a little bit over a year ago, really going for and going after, has um, just reached 1 million subscribers. Boys, raise a glass here. Uh, raise a glass, raise a can, raise whatever you got. I'm gonna crack this bad boy open here. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Back when we started posting things on the YouTube, we were told that this was the future. We were told this was a smart idea. We were told that if you do sports talk on there though, probably won't grow because you gotta do interesting, cool, ridiculous things on YouTube for it to really hit. We said nay. Mm-hmm. We're going to say dumb things into a microphone about sports. We might eat the hottest pepper of all time. We might try a McDonald's food challenge. Oh. We might make some vlogs, but what we're going to do is we're going to talk sports. Yeah. Most importantly, we're going to talk football. And we saw numbers grow, and we saw numbers grow, and we didn't know why. We actually had no clue why. We knew we were some part of an algorithm on YouTube. We didn't know why we were growing, but hey, we're not going to say a damn thing to anybody. Mm-hmm. Nope. Our videos started showing up in the recommended videos for people, the suggested people. Our subscribers started to grow. I started feeling the YouTube subscriber army on over on Twitter, putting videos out, clipping videos out, posting out, telling people to subscribe, and it has become a family. And it was small once, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger, and now we're at the point where we have one million team members subscribed to us on YouTube. And I'll tell you what, I did not think this day was gonna come. This is a very difficult thing to accomplish. We appreciate everybody that is on YouTube it's for the creators and things like that getting to this point though is one that we've had our eye on for a long time so in celebration we're gonna give away a hundred thousand dollars one thirty thousand dollar check to somebody one twenty thousand dollar check to somebody that subscribes and fifty one thousand dollar checks to somebody that subscribes we'll give you all the rules and regulations for that tomorrow but here's a toast to everybody that subscribed to our YouTube channel we appreciate the living shit out of you thank you so much here here cheers cheers, cheers. cheers. a minute a minute
That's some refreshing water. Wow. It's so cold. Wow. <sighs> Murdered my thirst. Oh, yeah. Murdered my <laughs> What's that cold thing in your hand? Those 17 ounces right to the head there. Uh, all right. That was insane. Back to what we do. Hey, congratulations. Ice cold water. Hey, congrats, congrats. to us. Congrats. Congrats. Congrats to us. Congrats to us. Congrats. Thank you to everybody that uh, subscribed to our YouTube. You're the best. $100,000 is a lot of cash, too. CFO Phil just learned about that, I think, <laughs> two days ago. But it's <laughs> more than warranted. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Give it away. Can't thank you enough. All right, back to the football. Overreaction Monday. Sorry for the serious listeners there that, you know, we make dumb videos on the Internet, and we're thankful for them. Mm -hmm. uh, joining us now is a man who said something this morning on Keyshawn Johnson's show with Jay Williams and... Zubin Mahanty. Zubin, uh, that has since gone viral, 300,000 views or so, where he was talking about the Jim Caldwell era in Detroit. In Matt Patricia's comments yesterday about how he had to do a lot whenever he got there, they have not had a lot of success, and a man who gets on ESPN and gives his opinions on a regular basis. Ladies and gentlemen, the handsome Dan Orlovsky. <laughs> Are you, nice. Are you okay? <laughs> I just wanted to know. I just want to know if Connor clapped. Oh, I clapped and I cheered. He did. He did clap and cheer. Okay, so that's an olive branch extended. I'll appreciate that anytime. Well, I like the Whoa. fact that um, you look a little disheveled because normally now when we see you, because you're a big TV guy, hair is always in the proper spot. Mm -hmm. His tie is always mm -hmm. perfectly, uh, you know, whatever that is called, double sealed, triple Windsor thingy. It's always very nice. Right now it seems disheveled. Is that because you're on Keyshawn, Jay, and Zubin, Zubin show this morning and you got off on a little bit of a ramble about that Detroit Lions culture before Matt Patricia got there, and it has since gone 300,000 views, and more than that, I assume, and you're getting beat up on the internet, or are you celebrating right now with what it's doing? I'm celebrating with uh, core power and a energy ball. I just I just got to Bristol oh, out of the boy. car from New York. So. boy. Oh, boy, Dan. Do you um, want me to speak on that comment that I had? Would you yeah, like me to speak on that? because I never really thought about it, you were in that building, yeah. and I had a chance to play for Jim Caldwell as well my first couple of years in the NFL, and I always thought whenever people went after him for always being the same and not being up or down, I always thought like that should be a compliment as opposed to something that people bury him for, and then he's out there now. They have not seen a lot of success, and I don't think a lot of people were expecting them to beat the Saints yesterday, but still, 0-4 is a bad place to be. Or, sorry, 1-3 yeah. is a bad place to be with this team at this year, this far along with the Patricia well, era. I think, like, I took two, I took really there's two issues that i had with matt patricia's comment first of all for you to say that you there was a lot of work to be done when you got there is just false like it's a made-up lie that team was coming off back-to-back -back nine and seven seasons when in week 17 they're playing the green bay packers for the division title now it doesn't happen and that's justified but to say that there was a lot of work to get done is incorrect two years before that's an 11-5 football team. And then, to, and then to point the finger at the regime before you, like that they have anything to do with where your football team stands three years later is a joke. Jim Caldwell was fired after getting nine wins, and you have ten. And, Pat, you know this, like, dude, as an NFL coach, like, do not point fingers you have to be able to take the ownership of what you've accomplished in your time there. And so, like, yes, there's, there's certainly a, an emotional aspect for me because of my time with Coach Caldwell 
and I'm going to have his back because he's the, my favorite coach that I've ever played for because of the person he was. But when they hired uh, Matt Patricia, the comment was, it's time for us to take the next step. Justifiably, that's your decision, great. Good for you. But when you've taken tens of steps back and regressed a ton from being nine and seven, the comment ain't, we had a lot of work to do. The comment should be, I've failed to accomplish Oof. what I was brought here to do. Jeez. Wow. I mean, you are, you are, I mean, you are going right like there. But you're it's right, the though. Truth. You're 100% right, though, because at this point, you would think he, and I think what he meant by a lot of work to do was he had to get his people in the locker room, his culture. He wanted to establish his culture. And I heard you talk about the culture that was in there with Jim Caldwell. It was like a good culture in there. And he came in there. He got into it with veteran players, right? He lost the locker room on a couple different occasions. They start trading people out. See ya. Boom, boom, boom. Get out. Just this past offseason, traded a corner for a bag of balls to the Eagles. And then he finally got his people in there is what we thought. And then now they're having the same outcome that they've had the first couple of years while they're Originally trying to get rid of those people i think that's where the onus is is kind of you know right on maddie p's desk at that particular point and he knows it i would assume he's been preparing for this particular moment for him to potentially get let go for the last what year or so at this point but it's wild how long do you think it takes the lions now to get back to the nine and seven team because that by the way there's like there's elite teams that are up here there's good teams that are about nine and seven ten and six eight and eight even sometimes depending on the division then there's poor teams and then there's awful teams right there's like four kind of notches to get back to that good team before being elite that's going to take some time and luck that they hit on some players yeah and here's my concern pat like where did they stand with the quarterback matthew stafford oh. because Here's the truth, like, Ooh, Maddie. And, and Matthew's my boy, and I, I, I love him like a family member, but it feels like they've taken his killer instinct away sometimes when I watch him play right now. Like, he used to be this killer, and I don't know, like, if they've kind of peeled that away, and he's just been beat up for so long, I think 12 years now, just he's got to be so sick and tired of losing, so... What happens if they go, okay, we're going to move on from Matt Patricia. I don't know if they do that. And what happens if a new coach wants a new quarterback? And so who's that quarterback going to be? What do they do with Matthew Stafford? Is it going to take longer to rebuild with a young quarterback? I don't – like, I would say yes. And so I think there's a lot of question marks hanging over the Lions organization right now than they were four or five weeks ago. I agree. Connor, you got a question? Hey, Dan, uh, last week after Matt Hasselback was on, uh, I happened to call you a loser. Um, with that being said, <laughs> um, do you think that there's a chance that Brian Hoyer tonight will be able to, you know, decipher this Chiefs defense? No apology or anything. Not even no. an apology. What was it? Not even an apology. Not even an Did apology. a statement. <laughs> no, yeah, with that being said. <laughs> My answer is no. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, there was no reason for him to do what he did to you last week. I, I, I mean, I, everyone's entitled to their opinion. You know, I I'm not here to make everybody like me. I understand that he doesn't like people from Connecticut. Oh. He's a Massachusetts guy. Massachusetts. Oh. Uh, oh. He loves Hasselback. Massachusetts is probably a second-tier state in many aspects when it comes to Connecticut. <laughs> uh, um, True. I, I, I guess, I guess at, at how old is Connor? 20, 
Five. Oh, you're still at an age where you can hold grudges about that stuff. Then, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're <laughs> saying he's a child. It oh, seems like he said no. you were a child. Yeah. Very immature. Mm. Sure sounded yeah. like that. So you, he, you called him a loser. He called you a child. So yeah. Well, That's I said oh, mine no, no, with no, all no, due no. respect. I just said that <laughs> I can he understand did not. No, he didn't. him <laughs> not being mature enough. Mm -hmm. to to move on from stuff you're right he did say with all due respect whenever he said that right there and you did not even yeah. paint a picture of with I all even, due respect at all there oh um I, backhanded compliments are hmm. uh dan <laughs> <laughs> ty schmidt follow up are you should as a packers fan should i be worried about uh how banged up their weapons are tonight do you have a lean on that game no, I wouldn't be. Uh, the Falcons struggle in a lot of things, but their defense is terrible when it comes to handling motion, especially when motion happens at the snap. The Packers, I think, are the second or third best team in football right now Ooh. when doing that. Uh, so LaFleur will put them in a little bit of a blender. They're also terrible defending the play-action pass. The Packers are one of the best play-action passing teams in football right now. Here we go. And then I think that the, the Falcons really struggle defensively covering tight ends. So I think the tight ends of uh, Tanyan and Sternberger might have really big evenings for the Ooh. old Packers. Okay, Dan. There you go. we got about a minute left with you here. I have to get your take on Carson Wentz last night. Moments of greatness. Moments of greatness. There were some balls where he looked like the great Carson Wentz who led his team last year, which was so banged up and injured, um, I think, to the playoffs. He had a hell of a run there at the end of the year. Then this year, it just seems like it's not there for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because they drafted a quarterback in the second round, if it's a new Carson Wentz. But last night, there were moments of greatness against a JV football team in the Niners. But you, you had to see some promise in Carson Wentz last night. Yes or no? Yeah. I think the second and 18 game winning touchdown pass could be one of those moments where like it's like a basketball shooter who's like I, I'm in a I'm in a struggling I'm, I'm in a I'm in a, uh, a mess of a shooting performance and I just need to see the bas the ball go in the basket type of thing oh, so yeah. I'm hoping it's that for Carson Wentz I think the reality what I saw last night was there's a big difference as a player Pat you know this between or um, there's a big difference be behind or between going uh, I I'm trying to prove that I'm confident and being confident. Mm, yeah. And I thought he was confident as a player last night. So um, I, next two weeks, they play Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Mm. And so we'll see if that touchdown pass really springs forward. You know, him fixing up a lot of the things that I think are above the neck. I thought Kyler Murray was going to bounce back. He did not after having a bad game against the Lions. He continued to have a bad game against the Carolina Panthers. I thought Dak Prescott and the Cowboys team after the Falcons win was going to potentially bounce back. They have not. Baker yeah, here's my, thing on, here's my thing on the Cowboys offense right now. A lot of people think they're, like, amazing, right? 450 yards yesterday for Dak. They're the 24th-ranked offense in football when it comes to first-half production. Wow. Ooh, first what a stat. stat. Ooh, <laughs> hey, that was a stat right there. They're the second-worst team in football when it comes to turnovers in the first half. They've got six turnovers in the first half. They've scored on nine of their 25 possessions in the first half. So we can pin the blame of their team struggles all we want on their defense, and their defense is terrible. But their offense <laughs> has absolutely kind of um, allowed their their the the leads that have been built against them their offense has been basic and pedestrian in the first half this season why is that then Mike McCarthy wants to go in there and make some halftime adjustments and out coach him in the second half I just think deep I mean you know Pat you get Pat they 
three weeks ago, they were getting drumlined by the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they were. Two weeks ago, they should have been down 37-15 to the, Fal- to the Seahawks, mm, not 30-15 to 15 mm, because of the Metcalf true. play. True. And then the other day, they go. They were down 41-14. to 14. Maybe, just maybe, they're not that good. And then teams just go, okay, we're up by three-plus touchdowns. We'll play somewhat soft and prevent defense just keep the clock moving and that's how they accrue a ton of yards and by the way i've seen that happen for a lot of teams where another team goes into prevent and the team comes back because of that andrew luck there's a couple games we should not have been in but the defense went into prevent or whatever they're like ah we just we won't be able to give up 21 points there's no way we'll be able to and then you get a quarterback that just goes bum 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 then all of a sudden it becomes a game and last yesterday i think the browns fans should be pumped that when they were in that kind of give up defense or whatever let's just keep the clock going when they had to clamp down and when the offense had to score again whenever it became a three-point game they did like first play in yep. defense clamp down i mean it was they just turned the light switch back on basically and everybody's talking about how the browns almost gave that one away i was like well i don't think they they were really trying to bury them and then when they had to flip the switch back on they did which by the way could be good could be bad going forward who knows ladies and gentlemen we will watch this man on espn this afternoon nfl live one of the mainstays ladies and gentlemen dan olofsky dan you all right I was going to share a story for your listeners so they can know a little bit more about pat mcafee first of all the hundred thousand dollars is really cool um second of all my daughter two weeks ago gashed open her head Oh. Not great, but she's fine. Pat McAfee and his wife never met my daughter. I've never met his wife. Called and said, what can we send your daughter? You guys sent an incredible box of toys and gifts that made her day. So um, I think the public should know that Pat McAfee is actually a sweetheart. All right. Wow. Go to hell. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Orlovsky. All right, Dan. Ooh, oh, that's a Powerball. That's a Powerball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get fat this fall. I, I know it. You're working too much, bub. You're not going to be able to keep up. I saw you tweeting yesterday. All you're doing is eating, watching football, bub. You're going to look like me Jeez. and Connor in about a matter of a couple <laughs> weeks, pal. I'd rather I'd rather look than, like, uh, I got nothing later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Loser! <laughs> It's a big win. It's a big win. <laughs> he's, Huge. He's classic, dude. You ran him out of the end zone on that Good one. Good guy. Oh, see. Uh, oh, Zito. I'm sorry. He was there. Zito. You're not sorry. That was worse. <laughs> Overreaction Monday with AJ Hawk, former oh. Super Bowl champion and national champion, and a man who picked the Dallas Cowboys mm. to ultimately represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron James Hawk. Yeah, AJ. AJ, what's going on, bub? What's up, guys? Thank you for uh, – you like to announce that my Cowboys pick. Yeah, well, you picked the Cowboys there, which was an aggressive uh, pick. We just thought that you were potentially doing that because now that we do – or you come on the show daily, you live by the rule that there is obligatory Cowboys talk in every single conversation, which is real. I don't know what Jerry Jones pays people. I don't know why people feel the way they do. But if you talk about the Cowboys, the needle does move. That's why you see some people literally – allocate 15 minutes a day to Dallas Cowboys conversation, no matter if they're great or if they're absolutely average, which is what they've been for the last, I don't know, decade and a half, two decades. So when A.J. Hawk, who is the antithesis of daily sports talk and daily sports TV and radio, goes with the Dallas Cowboys, I think all of us just potentially thought you became a corporate sellout whenever you said that. But you said, no, no, you liked Mike McCarthy, you liked their roster. Here we are now one in three. 
three after a bad loss to the Browns yesterday. How do you stand on the Dallas Cowboys, A.J. Hawk? I mean, obviously, I don't feel great about what their defense has been doing. They were hit hard with a couple injuries early on. But you know what? There's still hope. If you're a Cowboys fan, there is still hope. And the hope is only because our division is god-awful. Therefore, we may find a way to squeak into the playoffs still. And, hey, you know what they say, Pat? It's like, just give me a chance. Once it's a new season, isn't it? Once the playoffs start? Hey, yeah, give me a chance. I make it in the dance. I could win if you get into a trance. All that stuff <laughs> sounds great, but they don't look like a team that is going to win anything at this moment. But to your credit and to your point, the NFC East, we could declare three out of four of those teams completely dead at this point, but anybody could still win it. I think two wins right now is in the lead. It's the Eagles. No, one and a tie. A one win and, and a, a tie. One tie is in the lead in the NFC East right now after one quarter of football. Literally, the Cowboys could get hot and win, I don't know, three out of their next 12 games and potentially, <laughs> yeah. yep. potentially get a game tire to get in there. I mean, it is insane over there in the NFC East, AJ. Yeah, it is. I, and I – I just want to know where they go from here. We're, we're a quarter through the season. People are not high on, on Mike McCarthy right now. Jerry Jones, who knows how he feels. He can't feel very good about it. And I saw some of uh, Orlovsky on here. And it is a, a bit concerning that, yeah, we know the Cowboys can put the ball in the air. We know they can can put yards up and score some points. But can they do it when it actually matters? I mean, they're, they're coming from behind when, when team defenses are a little bit lax and they're not attacking them like they are in the first half. So I, let's see. Let's see if they can jump out to an early lead and if they can hold on to it sometimes. What would Mike McCarthy do? You've played, obviously, for a team that was coached by Mike McCarthy successfully. Whenever something like this happens, is he always player first or will he give, like, the, hey, boys, Donner, we're at the bottom of our fucking division. Like, what is his message, you think? How is he handling Is he the always optimistic guy or is he a guy that will paint reality in a little bit of a negative fashion if it calls for it? Well, he's definitely not like the always sunny, always positive guy. He, he's a realist, I would say. He's not going to always. He's not going to go negative either. He's not going to always go negative. He's not calling players out in team meetings every single day. He'll do it when when it's needed. And I think the one thing that McCarthy always did in players' respect, he's not going to point fingers like at players or coaches through the media. He will to your face. He'll let you know right to your face how he feels, but he's not going to do it through the media. He's talking about your coach, Evan. Yeah, uh, yeah he's talking about you. He was talking Fox, about you, Evan. The Lions, Fox. dude. They're yeah, so that's dead. who he was talking about right there, but point he's fingers. Go. He's got to go. Uh, AJ, did you hear what Matty P, who's our guy, by the way? Matty P is Good our guy. guy. Love oh, yeah. Patricia. Oh, yeah. like Matt Patricia. Love Detroit. Also, we like him as a person. Also, like Matty P, Matt Prater. Yeah. Love yes. Prater. Yes. Favorite Love kicker. Him. But when it comes to Matt Patricia, there is a there is a real argument to be made that after yesterday's poor performance and going one and three and losing a game for the sixth straight time in which you have a double digit lead in, Yikes. that he did point a little fingers at Jim Caldwell in the previous regime when he said there was a lot of work to do. I assume Matt Patricia didn't mean to take a shot at Jim Caldwell there. He was just probably going into coach speak cliche. But boy, if you listen to the way he said that and you think, oh, he's taking a shot at Jim Caldwell there, there is enough evidence to say, oh, there is quite a shot at Jim Caldwell. Kind of like Kyrie and LeBron a week ago, where Kyrie's like, man, I'm not taking a shot at anybody. I'm just, you know, hyping people up. It does feel like Matt Patricia took a shot at Jim Caldwell in the previous regime here. So this is Patricia's uh, third season, correct, as the Lions head coach? Bingo. We're just too far down the road for that. Even That's not even proper protocol, I feel like, when you're one year in. That's something that I think Urban Meyer said a while back if you're taking the, let's say you're, you're the new head coach of a job, uh, of a team, whether it's college, pros, wherever you are, always it, it'll never do harm to pump up your previous regime and the coaches that were there before. Even if that team is 0 and 16 and you're the new head coach, you got to be like, you know what? 
Coach Johnson had a lot of great things going on before here. I'm going to try to grow those things and implement my new ideas. Like that's just, I think it's common courtesy, actually. Yeah, and I also think, I mean, I've I've gotten you know because I'm a. By the way, I heard a punter had a hell of a play in the game he called this weekend. He didn't say anything. Didn't even wow. hype it up. Interesting. You oh, someone tweet at you? Yeah, dude, stop yeah. one on the goal line. But you know what, Pat? You've done TV. They were counting my play-by-play guy down 10. He was already on 10. I can't jump in there. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking us to break. Unfortunately, I, I take us to break sometimes. I was not taking us to break during that time. I actually did think of you for a, a split second when I realized, oh, I'm not going to be able to comment on this. <laughs> Come on. Well, the thing about it is they immediately go to a commercial break after a punt. So it's a throwaway play, right? Mm-hmm. You can't even – like whenever I started calling – a pun happened. I was like, oh, they did a lot of really cool things here. And they're like, uh, okay, uh, we'll try to get to that, but we're going to a break. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So there isn't even a thought of breaking down the greatness that just happened right there by that kid. It's like, ah, we got a break immediately after we got another series coming up or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. So now it makes sense why nobody has respect for anything that I've done over my entire career here. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. But uh, when I was calling those games, you meet with some coaches and some coaches are very like Mac Brown, for instance, in North Carolina. He was singing the praises of the previous coach where he could have buried him, could have buried him because they got good overnight whenever Mac got there. But he talked about how tough it was in some situations and some conversations had to happen and he talked them all up. And then there were some other coaches that were like, Yeah, I mean, we had no shot. Like there was some of that going on. You saw on. the guy before so, me. So it was very interesting on how the story and narrative kind of gets painted through these things. But Matt Patricia feels like those days are potentially numbered up earned. Detroit, and he knows it, I'd assume. Everyone knows it, and that's my question. Like, as a franchise, why do you wait to fire Matt Patricia? Why do you wait to fire Gase? Why do you wait to fire Dan Quinn? Like, what are they waiting for? They might turn it around. No, there's no way. That's not going to happen. They might turn it around. I want them to do it today. We have a bye week. We have two weeks off, and then, you know, you get that new energy, new head coach in there, and then they go. Boxy, Boxy, though, who's that new head coach? You're going to have to. It doesn't matter. Danny Amendola. Oh. Six games in a row where we had 10-point lead and lost. I don't think it matters who's in there, and that's why I want Pat McAfee to be the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Hell yeah. Hey, what if your new coach hey, can't get you a lead You know what they could all? do, Pat? Oh. oh! Matthew Stafford will get us a lead alone. It doesn't matter who that head coach is. ownership. AJ, I'm sorry. Joe Phil. There was a lot of shots at Foxy's Lions there from Canada. All the yeah. yeah. What do you want? I understand like you wanting something to happen right away, but what best case scenario, you get an interim head coach that – climbs up the ranks and all of a sudden he wins a few games at the end the team gets behind him you hire him and then you fire him a year and a half later like what what's the plan here who's if you get a new head coach foxy who do you want barring another player let's say in the offseason you can go out there and you can have your pick who do you want to coach you know who i want and it's never gonna happen because they just fired him i want jim caldwell back he was the best <laughs> coach i've ever seen in the 26 years of my lifetime of being a detroit lions fan. lincoln riley Bring hey, gotta, back what if home. I propose, Pat, I got a trade that may help everybody <laughs> involved. do it. All right. What is it? What if you, you trade head coach Matt Patricia to the New England Patriots mm-hmm. for Steve Belichick to become the head yeah, coach? Yeah, right. Oh, you yeah. wish, AJ. You think we're ever going to let Steve Belichick go? He's a prince who's promised. What the hell, and man? I, Steve Belichick also, I think he coaches a lacrosse team before uh, he would want to coach a lacrosse team before he'd want to coach the Detroit Lions. Sure. Yeah, he'll yeah. go back to actually scouting assistant if he has to. This would potentially be a Gronk situation. I'll retire. As opposed I, to getting I, traded to Detroit. That is unwarranted. I agree. I'm just saying they win a lot there. Uh, and then it, does, it feels like it doesn't happen a lot. It, it starts at the top, though. It starts with ownership. I mean, that's why Jim Caldwell. Wow. Was it wow. starts and ends with the Calvin Johnson curse. 
just pay the fucking guy the money. I agree. And then the curse is lifted. It yeah. just feels like they are cursed. Six games. It is the longest streak in the history of the NFL. 101 years of existence. Six consecutive games in which they had a lead by at least 10 points and end up losing. Mm. I mean, that is a heartbreaker for yeah, Lions fans. Team. They don't deserve it. Lions mm. fans do not deserve that heartbreak. Every week we did it. We're reversing the car. Oh, shit. We lose again. <laughs> oh. oh, we're up. We're up on the Saints. We're up 14 in like the first minute now oh, we suck again losers <laughs> oh we're gonna win this is it we can turn it around we suck again. still loser next year next year will mark 30 years since we won a playoff game 30 <laughs> hey years. congrats hey. hey a lot of season left baby and that's the problem the problem is it's not like like uh orlovsky said it perfectly all right Patricia's going to be gone. And then he's like, what do you do with Stafford? All right, like Stafford's, Stafford's gonna, gone. He's gone, right? See, so then yeah. I think they got to trade him. But then, like, you keep Stafford. He's too good of a quarterback. He's going to mess around and win some games. So it's not like you can tank for Trevor at this point either because the Jets might go 0-16. The Lions are Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, does man. feel like that. Matt Stafford probably getting traded yeah. out of town. They yep. should. Like, I want him to be traded because he deserves better. That's I don't know what nice team is very what nice. Team wow. nice. Quarterback. Wow. We can think that one up. They, we had a call from Georgia earlier that said, uh, blow up the Falcons too and trade Julio to somebody that's good. He deserves it. Big so up. I like that fan bases recognize that there are great players on teams yeah. that are sinking ships and they're like, at least send that person the fucking wooden table that Rose was sitting on that she wouldn't give to Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Bingo. I can't believe all of Detroit just rides the Titanic and they'll just stay on it. They don't care. Man, as long as we get that guy a table to lean on whenever we're all drowning, we're happy with that. What do you got? Uh, speaking of coaches that are on our pool of coaches on the hottest seat, there's some kind of breaking news oh. out of uh, Houston. Here we go. Uh, expect Bill O'Brien to call the plays the rest of the season. Okay. He has not been. So just add another thing to his plate. That'll probably help out their situation. <laughs> that already happened, I thought. I thought, I thought he was doing it Sunday. I thought he did it this he, past he, week. Didn't he take over during Sunday? Like I don't it's know. continue. But I thought I saw a tweet that said Bill O'Brien – uh, was named the head coach by somebody else. Since then, he has named himself the general manager, and now he's named himself the play caller, which I respect and I'm appreciate. Yeah, I'm the captain of the ship now. You know that. But I like it because Mike McCarthy, right, he goes down to Dallas. He doesn't want to be the play caller early, right? Because if he's the play caller early and they don't do well, that falls immediately on his fucking desk, oh, right? Yeah. Have Kellen Moore call the plays so that if it does go well, he can do the classic, hey, I'm going to step in, I'm going to call plays now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Kellen Moore no longer calling plays. That was a problem. Even though we picked up I don't know, 700 yards in trash time and Dak Prescott's having the best year he's ever had, let's get rid of him. It at least gives the head coach like a buffer. Like, hey, it's that person's fault. It's not a public finger point, but it's definitely a finger point that everybody can kind of say like, oh, it's this person. Whenever you name yourself the general manager, I will acquire the talent needed to make this team win. And the head coach, I will rally the talent that I brought in here to win in the fashion that I brought the talent in here. And then when you're the play caller and it goes bad, I will call the plays that will make the talent that I brought in here that I rallied behind uh, to succeed and all those fail it's like hey come the fuck on here what are we doing there's only one person to take blame and I think that is why I actually respect Bill O'Brien doing all this because he's like hey this is all me if you were wondering nobody's wondering but this is 100% me behind all of these failures I think you have to respect the fact that he's doing it his way one thing that I always hate to see is when a guy is a great coach great coordinator he's been in the league for a while 
finally gets his shot at the head coaching gig, and he just holds on too tight, and he acts how he thinks the head coach should act yeah. instead of what he had, has built up in his little portfolio that he has kept for 15 years as an assistant of what he would do when he becomes a head coach because they all have them. They all have to have their resumes all set and their plan in place for when they do get head coaching interviews. So they all have it, and I just like when someone sticks to it. Now, right or wrong, with Bill O'Brien, yeah, you're right. It's going down with him. It's either going to be all me, hey, I'm great, or – we suck, and it's all my fault. I, I respect it, but there are so many NFL coaches out there that don't have the ability to also be the general manager who look at Billy O'Brien's situation and just go, how the fuck did that guy get that yes. set up? Yeah. And they're just tanking right now. It, it's not normal. Bill Belichick's got it, which is obviously worked out rather well for the mm-hmm. Patriots, but there's not a lot of guys that have control of the roster and what you do with it and how you call the plays. I mean, that is the three power points of being in the NFL or being a head coach or GM, and he's got them all, and they stink. Now, granted, they played the Chiefs, they played the Ravens, they played the Steelers, and they played the Vikings, which, by the way, people say once you start doing that Iggy or whatever (laughs) and Adam Thielen gets hot and they do the entire thing, I mean, the Vikings are a buzzsaw. You know, they haven't played like that the first three weeks, but whenever you you play the Texans, for whatever reason, it's like a Super Bowl. you got to up your game a little bit, and that's what the Vikings did. Well, and you always talk about, like, the Pawn Stars aspect of negotiating deals. How hard is it for a player to walk into GM Billy O'Stooge's office, talk to him and listen to Billy O'Stooge kind of downplay him and then turn around and walk into coach Billy O'Stooge's office. I want to play. And listen, yeah, and try and like tell him that I really want to play. I love playing for you. How do, how do you balance that? It is an interesting dynamic, AJ, because a lot of guys are probably going in there for renegotiation and Bill O'Brien's like, well, you don't really get the ball. It's like, well, you fucking decided not to give me the ball. <laughs> I mean, what are we what are we even doing here? This is your fault from top to bottom. It's an interesting situation, AJ. Well, think about it. Normally, Pat, if you're meeting with a head coach, say it's like your exit meeting after the season is over and you're going to become a free agent, but you want a long-term extension, your head coach is usually going to be like, well, hey, man, we love you here. I hope you hope your agent in the front office can work it out. You know, I appreciate it. Hopefully you're back. Like, that's the conversation. Now, if that's the guy that's negotiating directly with your agent, too, him and the cap guy, I don't know what you say. I don't know what the, how that yeah. conversation goes. It's no easy convos whenever you're the boss, whenever you're the GM, the person who's in charge of paying these people, the person in charge of having them on the roster, and also how you use them on a game day is 100, 100% dictated by you. That's a wild, wild scene. Hey, sorry for interrupting. I just want to let you know on this overreaction Monday that you need to spoil the shit out of your dog. That's right. I got two dogs at the house and their favorite day of the month is when their bark box arrives. Two toys, two treats, and a chew. It starts as low as 22 bucks a month for $60 worth of dog chews and toys. So do the math, 38 bucks already in savings. It's the best day of the month for our dogs. Our dogs feel as if we are superheroes. It's like Santa Claus coming to the front door. They get a new toy. They get two new toys. They get into some more treats and a chew. And you feel like a hero for your dog because you did something that is taking care of you while you don't even have to think about it. Enjoy now. You get a free extra toy in every single box. That's worth up to $60 in free toys this year. Sign up your pup and get a unique toy, get some snacks, plus a free extra toy every single month. Tailored toys and treats shipped every month for free. Start now and get 60 bucks in free toys. Unique toys, USA made treats, shout out to Canada. Free monthly delivery and $60 in free extra toys. Are you kidding me? Be a hero for your canine today at BarkBox.com forward slash pat that's b-a-r-k-b-o-x dot com forward slash pat you know because humans here we got a lot of boxes that show up every single month right you sign up 
a little gift to me from me. I didn't have to think about it. It's almost like somebody bought me a gift and it just shows up at the house. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for it. Right. You know, sometimes the dogs aren't exactly what you're thinking about when you're trying to figure out your life. So let BarkBox do the thinking. Chewies, toys, treats, free extra toy. It's just a great day of the month for your pooches. Our dogs are happy about it. We think yours will be as well. BarkBox.com forward slash Pat. Get a free extra toy. How about that? Free extra toy. Not a bad gig. Now, you might have like a corgi that just, uh, as soon as it gets the toy, will use it as a chew toy and then rip it open yep. and then try to find the squeaker. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't find the squeaker, they will pull out all the insides of it. Right. But hey, good news. Another toy coming in a month. Pick that up. <laughs> throw it away. Got another one coming in a month and a free one coming because you went to BarkBox.com forward slash Pat. Back to the show. <laughs> we have to know. Okay. We have to know. And if you listen to Hard Knocks with uh, who's the big tackle that's been on our show before from the Rams? Uh, Andrew, Andrew Whit- Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth. He said that something happened where his nanny or somebody went to a restaurant yeah. and they didn't even know. So I, I will not take that slander from Will Hunting about Cam doing something wrong no here chance. and helping to get him fired because this could have popped up. Nobody knows how. Maybe his uh, massage therapist that he's worked with for 25 years ha- accidentally got, like, um, you know, a cereal somewhere from wrong and it just touched him. I don't know. If we know enough, okay, because remember, if you go back on the COVID, at one point, if you made eye contact with somebody, they could shoot Not- COVID from their eyes into your soul. You might Correct. be dead. And by the way, at that dead was the conversation. Yeah. So don't even look people in the eye at one point. <laughs> then there was a uh, shouldn't wear a scarf because scarf will actually help spread it because it sits on there. And then when you take it off, it, it goes into the cloud like a, yeah. like a sneeze. Yep. And COVID could potentially just hit everybody down around it, right? That was at one point. Then it was at hard surfaces. It spreads for 72 hours. So mm-hmm. if somebody happens to have touched the hard surface that you just touched in the last three days, you potentially dead now. That's right. So don't touch any, Don't touch your face. Don't touch this. So I think we've gone to wear a mask, but don't, a certain type of mask. I don't think we know or have a clue on how this thing spreads. What if he just walked outside and his neighbor mm-hmm. sneezed into something and that thing just kind of went through the sky, yeah. boom, got him before he got his hat on or his scarf or his mask, and he has no idea. It does feel interesting that only one person got it, and he's a quarterback who has to be in a lot of meetings with a lot of people, including huddles uh, and stuff like that. But it is very interesting that only one person got it. And that's not what we're talking about here. And what we should be talking about is Cam Newton's immune system. It is so strong that when he does get COVID, it can encapsulate it because it is so well prepared oh, that wow. it knows, hey, look, you're infected right now. Let's hold on to these uh, these antibodies, antibodies for yep, yourself. Yep. You don't have to spread it to the rest of the team. That's how strong yeah. Cam Newton's immune system so, is. That's what we need to start considering. Cam's here. immune system is like a papa bear giving a big hug yeah. saying, yep. stay yeah. inside. Side exactly. of me. Don't go to my t- whiskey for my men, beer for my, my horses. Horse Bingo. I don't need anything. Yes. I'll keep the COVID. Yeah. And leader. And we don't want a COVID shame. We don't want. COVID. We don't want a COVID shame. Uh, no, no, no. Well, Will. Oh, no. Will is Will. COVID shame. He's okay with that. That's Boston. I mean, but just look at the Titans. The Titans let it spread because their players, their immune systems clearly couldn't handle it. Cam Newton, on the other hand, he's asymptomatic. He may be back next week, and he didn't spread it to the rest of the team. I mean, it's really magnificent when you look at what he's done yeah, with the look. COVID. And this is giving your guy Stidham a chance to potentially play in the fourth quarter yeah. of tonight's game. So you're being completely unbiased here too. You're Compl- talking about how. 
maybe Cam Newton's the hero in this entire thing. And let's not even talk about him not wanting to spread it elsewhere. Yes, thank you. And look, the Chiefs aren't going to be able to play Cam Newton until hopefully down the road. They're not going to get another look at him. So this might benefit the Patriots in the long run. The traveling on the same day as the game is wild. Yeah, it doesn't feel By good. By the way, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Monday Night Football tonight. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah, because they were originally – yeah, that's oh, on wow. me. Yeah. Let's go. I think you were the one that told me that. <laughs> yeah, before. <That's> a- <laughs> but I think you were. That was before you started burying yeah, yeah. Baker. But <laughs> one game will start at 7.05. One starts uh-huh. at 8.50. So there'll be about an hour and 20 minutes of crossover mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, one on ESPN, obviously. Steve Levy has got the Packers-Falcons. And uh, Nance Romo have got the Steelers and the – or the Patriots and the Chiefs. But also, shout out – because, like, Saturday morning when this news broke – that seemed like the internet re- reaction was that the NFL screwed. Yeah. All they had to do was postpone the game one day. So yeah. it seems like, hey, let's Pretty, relax. So this is their thing. If no more positive tests come, we're good. Mm-hmm. If more positive tests continue to roll out, like the Titans had 18 overall. It started out at eight. Mm-hmm. Ten more additional positives got hit inside that organization somehow. So they had 18. So they're like, okay, we just got we can't delay the game anymore. We're going to have to postpone it till a later date. Zero more positives coming out of the Patriot camp. That's insane. Incredible. Uh, I know. We haven't heard what they're going to do because initially last week it was that the Titans were probably going to have to cancel this upcoming weekend against the Bills. But because they had no more positive tests today, do you think that gets it back on track Mm. where they are going to play on Yeah, I guess Schefter came out with a tweet and said that since there was no more positives, that's good news for this upcoming matchup against the Bills or something like that. But I would assume the Bills are watching along that entire situation as well. By the way, the Bills watched Josh Allen yesterday. Oh, yeah. Hey, I watched the entire game with Josh Allen here, mm-hmm. and me and Bill's Mafia have been in quite a interesting uh, controversy with each other. Qual. Because they have been coming after me for saying that Aaron Rodgers is playing better football than Josh Allen, even though Josh Allen is playing absolutely incredible football. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Josh Allen, after watching him yesterday, he was awesome to watch. That's really It good. was a lot of fun. He is a freak athlete. He slings that thing. And the thing I like most about him, there's a lot of low five, high five with teammates. Now, I don't know if that's a COVID violation, but every time somebody got tackled or made a play, he was a big time like, hey, here we go. Here we slap go. Hands. Like, let's slap hands. And it didn't seem like he was doing it in like a corny fashion either. It felt like it was real. It felt like it was legit. So I love his leadership, that style of leadership. I'm a big fan of that. Nothing too dramatic, just kind of a casual like, hey, good shit there, need you. Aaron does very similar yeah. type yeah. things. Uh-huh. And him throwing the ball, he was putting the ball in some places that were unbelievable elite level quarterback play. Now, with that being said, I'm still not going to crown him better than Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) but it was fun to watch. Josh Allen is a very fun football player to watch right now, and I completely understand why Bills Mafia came after me last week because this has got to be the best feeling the Bills have had in, what, two decades at this point? Yeah, it's Jim Kelly. He is balling, and he seems to be a great teammate. I'm a big fan of what they got going on up there. I'm not going to crown him, but uh, he is – incredible at football and if you look back to what mr bean said the general manager up there Mm -hmm. he said we're building a team around josh allen he believes in josh allen because cam newton was on the market and they said they didn't even think about it because this is uh josh allen's team we don't want them to think anything different we're building around him that is going to be a good investment it feels like and a lot of people were tweeting me yesterday he said, everybody's saying the AFC matchup of the future you know brady manning the afc matchup of the future is mahomes and jackson 
they should be saying it's Mahomes and Josh Allen ooh, is what ooh. a lot of people on Twitter were saying. And I think that'll be interesting. But I do think the AFC is in some good hands, including Deshaun Watson, if he can get out underneath the Adam Gase-like Billy O'Stooge umbrella. Uh, that The AFC is in, in good hands for the future. Yeah, and I said it to you earlier this morning, and it reminds me, his career path reminds me kind of of Big Ben because like in the first two years, he kind of just had to come in with scramble around, scramble around, keep plays alive. They had a great defense. But Josh Allen, for his progression, he had 53 percent completion percentage in year one 59 in year two and he's at 71 completion percentage right Damn. now so as bill's mafia you got to be very happy very, and they are by the way and I, I was on the opposite side of it you know last week and i don't know if they'll still come after me for saying this probably yeah, they will josh allen top five quarterback in the nfl right now. without sure. question top five quarterback in sure. the nfl right now. their entire team's good too josh allen's getting all the credit but their whole line is good singletary's good they got a good core wide receivers like it's it's odd that the whole team isn't getting the love that josh allen's getting. well he does roll the dice though there are some plays oh, he makes that make you go mm-hmm. okay all right he's got that in them too which by the way i like but will it continue Aaron Rodgers been doing it for like 16, 17 years. Will Josh Allen continue to be able to do it? How about Russell Wilson? He flies on an eight-hour flight from upper left to bottom right of America. Okay? Eight-hour flight probably. Mm-hmm. Trip to Europe. Might as well travel to Europe. Essentially. They play at 10 a.m. their time. Okay? 1 p.m. kickoff. 10 a.m. their time. If you think about the upper left time zone compared to the lower right's time zone. And he looked like... The way he plays is like an artist. It really is. He lo- he looks like Picasso or fucking Bob Ross painting out there Ooh. when he slings it. He is so damn good. I thought there was a chance at the Dolphins in that defense, which played very well against Gardner Minshew and the boys a week and a half ago. I thought there was a chance they would struggle because of the eight hours, because of the humidity, because it's Miami, because you're kicking off at 10 a.m. And instead, Russell Wilson did what Russell Wilson does, which is win a game. The, impress- the impressive part was you fly down there, and of course the Dolphins put you in your dark uniform. And you would think that the Seahawks, because of the humidity in the early time, and that they would maybe break down by the end of the game. But it was close. And then in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. he took over. Well, they probably woke up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They woke up a little bit. How's it going? Here we are. We're playing the football. And that the same thing should be said about the Chargers flying over to the Bucks mm-hmm. to Tampa. I mean, that's a five-hour flight, six-hour flight, yeah. early morning, hot, everything like that. Very different hot, by the way. L.A., a little bit of a dry heat. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa, Orlando, and Miami are the thickest of heats uh-huh. over there. But it was impressive by those teams coming from left to right. That is no easy task. The Cardinals couldn't handle it against the Panthers. No, no they couldn't. I thought maybe at halftime they'd wake up, like get over the jet lag at halftime. Like, hey, okay, we've been hitting the face. We haven't been playing great. And it just got worse. I actually doubled down my bet at halftime. Live bet them at halftime. Really? No lead safe. Yeah, and it, because the NFL, we talked about this before we got live, it feels like this year, more so than years past, that a 14-point lead ain't shit. Like it, it is nothing. Mm-hmm. We saw it yesterday, a bunch of teams just coming back and making big plays, but we've seen it over the last couple of weeks a lot. The NBA is very much this way. It could be a 20-point game in one quarter, and then literally in the next, it's a full swing. And when we saw the Chiefs do it last playoffs, where they were down 10, they were down 21, I think, at 24 or whatever, and then 10 again in the Super Bowl, it was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. This team can score at will if they need to. These first four weeks... We've seen, I think, 10 of 53 
wins or something like that have completely flipped on its head of a two point or two score deficit. The NFL can score when it has to right now. The NFL can score and it is awesome. It sucks as a gambler because you think you have a, lo- a bet locked like, <laughs> yeah. oh, fucking knew it. I knew because I didn't hammer the Lions. But early in the week, I said, I think Lions could potentially do it against the Saints. And I was like, man, I should have made it one of my bets. Like I, I literally was thinking about the show Hammered Down that we do our gambling podcast. I was like, should have made that one of my bets when I was watching it. And then lo and behold, it was like, no, 14 points means nothing anymore. That is nothing. And it's kind of cool. And it also is kind of a nightmare for those of us who gamble on a lot of the games. Something to think about for live bets going forward. Yeah. You got a team that's up 14 nothing. Go ahead and take that team with zero points. They're coming back. And they're going to get great odds on it, too, because this is not like normal in the NFL. 14-point, 17-point lead used to be like, mm-hmm. okay, let's Huge. lock yeah, it in. Down. We're going to win this thing. Now 14 points, 17 points is fucking nothing to almost anybody, it feels like. There's a couple teams that have no chance when they're down there, of course. <laughs> but for a lot of people, with the way the rules are, with the way plays are being designed, with how hamstring defense is uh defenses are with everything that 14 point two point or two score lead is nothing anymore mm-hmm. it's like see you later yeah for instance when the saints were down 14 nothing big time layup on that live money line it's yeah. like okay saints are going to come back and probably blow the doors off the lines and, and they did and by the way foxy will send a text into the yep. group text yeah. telling everybody mm-hmm. now would be a good time <laughs> to hammer the saints live yeah. bet uh, mm-hmm. by the way i actually do that every single week because I know the Lions are going to blow the game mm-hmm. and then I don't feel as bad because I did win some money. It's nice of you. He That's was going to so leave nice his house yesterday. I was FaceTiming with him. He was yeah. back in Michigan. Yeah. I was FaceTiming with him in the middle of it. Uh, Lions are up 14 or whatever. Then they give up the lead or whatever. Just what? 30, five straight touchdowns. 35 straight points Jeez. or whatever. And uh, I FaceTimed him in the middle of it. I was like, man, it, it has to suck to be a Lions fan. He's like, I'm about to head home. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm not even going to watch the fourth quarter. And then, by the way, Lions started cooking yeah, a little yeah, bit. Came back. And I was like, oh, did you did you leave? He's like, no, I stuck around for the entire thing. Hey, but, but he definitely profited off the live bet with the Saints. Yeah, yeah, I did. They are the most hilarious football team in the world because when they go up 14, me and my entire family sat there and we all looked at each other and said, how are they going to do it this week? And it just happened to be the Saints scoring five touchdowns in a row unanswered. And with that being said, with the Lions giving up like that, it's not just uh, the Lions, though. It's everybody. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. From all of us to all of you, you're the greatest humans on earth. I do believe we've hit a million subscribers on the YouTube which means we're giving away $100,000 in cash. What? One $30,000 winner, one $20,000 winner, and $51,000 winners. More information will be rolled out on that tomorrow, I believe. We are the dumbest humans on earth living the dumbest life on earth, and we wouldn't be able to do it if it wasn't for all of you. We appreciate the shit out of you. I hope you understand that. And we hope to continue to bring you some content that you find enjoyable. We will see you manana. We'll overreact to tonight's Monday Night Football game because COVID-19 came through Cam Newton's house. And uh, be a friend and tell a friend. This has been the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music. Mm-hmm.